Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here. And we are continuing your mailbag questions. How else? But by talking about the NCAA tournament on the first day of the tournament, we had a great question that asked us to pick our our five of our favorite or best Knicks of NCAA tournament fame. So we go through the best guys of the NCAA tournament to ever don a Knicks uniform and then go ahead and pick teams. Uh, and then there's no way of telling if they're head to head, but you guys could always tell us what you think. And then we end the show by talking about uh, if Derek Rose should find his way back into the Knicks rotation. So that's all coming up next on Locked on Knicks. You are locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Starks with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up, left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he's fouled. Anthony for three. All right, welcome in to Locked on Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your own basketball franchise, this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on your favorite app store. Our listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in all caps in the game. And we want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. And who are we, though? I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. He's Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. And Gavin, as I alluded to in the intro, where else would we start on the first day of the NCAA tournament than a great NCAA tournament-related question that we got asked to us by our buddy Bugsy Sig on Twitter, at Bugsy Sig. And Bugsy wants to know, Knicks all-time NCAA tournament team, question mark. Which five Knicks, past and or present, had the best March Madness runs? Uh, So, Gavin, there's a lot of names. Like, the Knicks, for all of their faults as a professional basketball team, have employed a lot of really formerly great college players over the years. Uh, So where, where would you like to start as far as candidates before we eventually pick our teams? I mean, I, I think there's there's no place to start outside of uh, Patrick Ewing. Uh, arguably, like a top five to seven player in the history of college basketball. Um, he, he only played three years because freshmen didn't play back then. Um, and he led Georgetown to three championship game appearances. They only went two and one in those title games, famously losing to uh, Michael Jordan and North Carolina. Um, and of course, uh, Villanova in, in one of the, the greatest upsets in the history of college basketball and Ewing, uh, very famously, uh, started off that North Carolina game. I, I think he picked up, uh, five goaltending violations and that was intentional from head coach John Thompson as a way to intimidate North Carolina. Unfortunately, you know, when you got, uh, Michael Jordan, Sam Perkins, I think James Worthy may have been on that team as well. Um, hard to intimidate that group, but, uh, Ewing just flat out one of the best college big men ever, 
teams essentially had no answer for him. Um, but if not for uh, uh, MJ and uh, just just an all-time upset from Nova, probably goes down with three titles in three years. Yeah, and if you want to go to another guy that's one of the the best uh, players in recent memory to suit up for the Knicks, you also got to go with Carmelo Anthony, a very a brief college resume, but a decorated one. Uh, one and done, wins a title at Syracuse, averaged, I believe, around 22 and 10 in college. And maybe more importantly, did, or I guess like importantly for his legacy, did so well at Syracuse that it really made it almost a debate as to who should go number one in a draft that featured LeBron James, um, which is really saying something. So, I mean, he, he looked, they both looked like after that run by Carmelo as a, as a freshman at Syracuse, they both looked like they were absolute can't miss prospects. As we've seen, you know, to varying degrees, they both were. I mean, Carmelo did turn into one of the the best scores that the NBA has ever seen uh, as as like a pure score. And uh, you know, but yeah, his his legacy started at Syracuse with a a title in one year. So pretty pretty solid resume to to just be a one and done and also win a national title. Yeah. Uh, my the the next guy I had on my list was uh, someone who did not win a championship. It was uh, was Bill Bradley, um, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll link him with someone else on my list, and that is Kazi Russell because those two guys had just a, a number of um, incredible battles um, throughout college. Um, their their most famous game, um, if I'm if I'm getting this right, wasn't actually the Final Four game they played during the regular season at the thirteenth. Um, I'm, I'm reading this straight from the New York Times Eastern. College Athletic Conference Holiday Festival when uh, Michigan was the number one team in the country and Princeton I think was very good but was mostly just Bradley and and, and the Bradleyettes and Bradley scored forty one points in that game with four and a half minutes left they were up seventy six to sixty three um, and at one point um, I got the lead all the way up to fourteen and then in sixty five seconds Michigan ripped off a sixteen to one run wiped out a a ten point deficit and in a total of uh, again, just over a minute. Um, but those two were, were dueling kind of all year for, um, the best player in college basketball. And, uh, Russell, I think put up right around 30 points per game. Bradley put up right around 30 points per game. And what's so cool is that game was actually at Madison square garden. They were future teammates. And if you read, uh, the, the all-time book, uh, when the garden was eaten, um, it talks a lot about how they, they kind of had to get over it when they were in the NBA together because they were, like I guess at that point, college basketball rivalries were real because they were formed over the number of years, um, and they they didn't really like each other when they first came into the league. And and Kazi kind of felt like I beat this dude in college. Like he's only getting preference as like sort of a white savior. And it's it's I mean I I, I don't know how much truth there was to that, but it it certainly was a situation where um, there was a real bit of tension there. And I think it's kind of cool how that that little bit of March Madness links into Nick's history because I just maybe it's because guys leave college earlier but it doesn't feel like you'd ever have a college rivalry that would leak into the NBA now or or, or it's a very rare occurrence yeah especially with any sort of animosity like that and yeah. it's just like the difference of you know college is just like a stop now rather than you know like something that a lot of guys take as much pride in as they used to like now college is just the necessary vehicle to get them to the nba versus back then it was like no like you're going because also there was like a decent chance that you know maybe some guys back then would choose not being a basketball player 
you know, as for a living, because A, there was way less teams, but then B, like it didn't pay as well. So if you could be like a doctor or something, you might be that instead of a basketball player, uh, depending on what your priorities were. So, yeah, that was like for a lot of guys, college was it. Uh, that was like, you know, the the alpha and omega to them in their careers. So, uh, but as far as, uh, you know, next guys to get into, I think Derek Rose, you got to talk about, I mean, a another number one pick. Uh, that has eventually found his way to the Knicks that was just fantastic in college. I mean, really, in my opinion, I mean, I know that Cal Perry was coaching for long before this, but Derek Rose, I feel like almost single-handedly like created the John Cal Perry that we know today mm-hmm. and like the, the star factory of Kentucky, um, but played for him it at uh, Memphis, not at Kentucky before Calipari got the Kentucky job and just was an absolute dynamo, uh, did not win a title, but made a final four in his sole season with Memphis and made the title game and then missed a crucial free throw at the end of the second half, which uh, then sent that game to overtime where Memphis would end up losing. Yeah. That said, still a pretty Pretty stellar one-year legacy, not dissimilar to Carmelo Anthony, and we'd probably be talking about him more like Melo had they just won that title game. But otherwise, just a fantastic uh, uh, one-year stint at Memphis for Derrick Rose. Yeah, and, and he was—I mean, he was a monster in the um, in, in the Final Four game against a UCLA team that, if I'm remembering correctly, that was that was Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love mm-hmm. um, on that team, and he played incredible defense, had 25 points. Nine rebounds um, was a was a miracle shot uh, for Mario Chalmers away from uh, from being a national champion, uh, even though it would have been revoked in retrospect because of uh, some questionable SAT stuff uh, for Derrick Rose. But 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 uh, I, I'm with you just just in terms of how memorable he was. Like like for me, somewhere from like 2002 to to 2000, maybe 13, or is kind of my golden era of really loving college basketball and. I don't know why, because obviously we still we still get a lot of stars in college basketball, but it's just it felt bigger and it felt like the talent was better. Like I just can't remember um, a freshman. I maybe maybe Zion was the last guy, but someone like Rose Alex, who I, I just watched him play, and his athleticism just kind of blew me away. I was like, all right, this mm-hmm. guy like he he should have gone straight to the NBA. <laughs> he never really belonged in college in any way. But um, I, I'm with you on um, Derek Rose and. And I know, I know the first guy on on your list uh, was, was a current Nick in in Jalen Brunson. Yeah, and I'll talk about Brunson in just a moment, along with a bunch of other guys before we make our final selections on our teams. But good news, guys! If you wanna if you wanna do something where you could pick your own team uh, and and do it in a game form and perhaps draft the next uh, Derrick Rose out of out of fake college in a <laughs> video game on your phone. You should check out Ultimate Pro Basketball GM because if you've ever dreamed of being an NBA GM and managing a basketball franchise, your dream can come true. And this game is definitely for you. You manage every strategic aspect of your team and play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency in the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. And all this is in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline and can be played on the go as you want and when you want to. And I've been playing this game. This is not just 
advertisement. I mean, obviously, it is an advertisement, but I've actually been really enjoying this game. I used to play this game on computer, just like a browser-based game called Basketball GM. It's like very text-based, but it's like uh, all like management and stuff. And I literally play that for hours and hours and hours and hours. And I'm now playing Ultimate Pro Basketball GM for hours and hours and hours and hours because it's very similar, except for I would say even more challenging. So if you like a challenge and you love all the nerdy, like building a team, developing guys, spending points, whatever, this game's for you. And it's the best part is, is that you do have to grind a bit, but it's certainly not uh, pay to win, which is always important with mobile games. So Locked on Knicks listeners, you guys can get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com and then scan the code or look it up in app stores. That's that's right, probasketballgm.com or check it out in your favorite app store. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. All right, Gavin, we're back to continue talking about the best Knicks in NCAA uh, history. And yeah, Jalen Brunson was the first guy that came to my mind. And I mean, I know it's like he just got on the Knicks. So, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, this is like so soon to be having him on these sort of lists. But you know what? Hey, I don't care. He's on the Knicks and he's one of the best college basketball players of all time. Um, a two time champion. He won player of the year. He played with two, as you pointed out to me, I almost mistakenly was like, because I'm just, I'm admittedly not a huge college basketball guy. So this stuff is always a struggle for me to remember. But I was like, oh, yeah, he played with Josh Hart and uh, Archie Diacono, uh, who, you know, they they like won a couple titles together. And you were like, no, the, the second one, that those two aren't on it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And that makes it all the more impressive, to be completely honest, that as a freshman, he was on a title team and played a role on that team. He averaged almost 10 points per game. And then by the time that he was a senior, he won another championship. And was the national player of the year and uh, just posted absolutely gaudy numbers and really was like the true leader of that team and like the heart and soul of Villanova that year. So Brunson definitely deserves consideration on this list because he he had an absolutely fantastic college career. Yeah, it was. I mean, I mean, those teams were great and they they kind of had different styles. I mean, the, the first Villanova team was was a little bit more. Um, if, if my memory serves just just very physical with, with Chris Jenkins, with Josh Hart, with Brunson, um, with Archer Diacono as sort of the, the veteran floor general of that team. And the second one was just hyper explosive because they had, um, of course, they had Brunson as a junior. They had Mikhail Bridges. Dante DiVincenzo had that iconic mm-hmm. championship performance where he was just just raining uh, fire, um, living up to his high school nickname of, of Delaware Michael Jordan, but um, yeah, so maybe may, maybe some future Knicks on that second uh, championship team. But Alex, you had another really good one here, um, and that is uh, Kemba Walker, who I can't believe I maybe because I just I wanted to blot out that he was um, his, his entire last season with the Knicks, but I can't believe I didn't think of him. I mean, same same thing with I'll spoil another one, Joakim Noah. Two guys who had just terrible Knicks careers, but. You can make a case. I mean, right there with Ewing for the best college basketball runs. I mean, Kemba. We don't. I don't even think I need to go into the details. Like cardiac Kemba, that was uh, one of the best March Madness runs just in the history of the sport. Like Knicks, no Knicks, anyone. Um, first, like the undefeated run through the Big East tournament, then then ultimately um, leading them to a title. I think it was over Butler um, that year, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but yeah, that was that was spectacular. Um, and then, uh, Joakim Noah, I mean, th- those teams were, were all timers, um, with, uh, 
Joakim Noah and Al Horford and uh, Torian Green. Um, they had was it Lee Humphrey? It was like Corey a small Brewer. shooter on that team. Corey Brewer was the was the small mm-hmm. part. I mean that that is just. I mean you understand how they won two in a row. Just just absurd. You you have two guys who made multiple All Defensive teams in the NBA as as your two front court members. That that just that just feels like borderline unstoppable on paper. So um, those guys uh, they 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 peaked in March, not on the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, I think. I almost put Corey Brewer on this list too because I I could have swore that he had a a cup of coffee with the Knicks for like five minutes. Didn't he? He I, didn't. I I don't know. I was looking at his basketball reference Love page. And I didn't yeah. see New York on there. I thought he it's did. So wrong. Yeah. Did we get Mandela affected into this? Oh like, wow! This is this is a big moment for the pod. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought Corey Brewer played for the Knicks for like five minutes, but maybe he was just like passing through in a trade, like was a Nick for like five seconds and then got shipped back out. Yeah, he's not, he not. He was not on the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know why I thought that he was, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know Ronnie Brewer was, which was totally different player, obviously. But yeah. I thought that Corey Brewer was. I can't. That that's so weird. It's so weird that we both thought that too. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm, I, I'm looking. You know, this is. I'm sure this is very entertaining for for people listening. Like, I feel like there was um, someone in the KP trade who I'm conflating him with. Wesley Matthews. I think I'm conflating him with Wesley Matthews in my mind. Uh, okay. Brewer was a few. I, I don't know if you're doing the same thing, but I think that I, was, I thought that was, was who di- I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a different like Phil Jackson era move for some mm-hmm. reason that they got him and he like just had a cup of tea with the Knicks or it was like a 10 day contract or like yeah. something. I don't know. Anyway, a uh, couple other names to throw out there that were also on the Knicks. Uh, Jerry Lucas, pretty, pretty big one. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a title and I believe three final four appearances in his career. Uh you know, considered one of the best players in just like basketball history period between his college resume and his pro resume, mostly stuff they did before he got to the Knicks, but then obviously was part of the last Knicks championship team. Yeah. Uh, I think Marcus, Alex real quick. Yeah. I think he was also maybe like high school's like all time leading scorer when he retired, like nationally, like he, he oh, was man. just, he was great. He was a really good NBA player, but one of the better prep careers that anyone hmm. has ever had too. Interesting. I never knew that about him either. I know the phone book thing though. That yeah. you could apparently just oh, like yeah, memorize so he, pages and pages of the phone book at a time. He he scored uh just under twenty five hundred points in his, his high school Man. career, which today isn't like that crazy, but he also they had a seventy six and one record, three state final fours, two state titles. Not not too shabby. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh Jalen Rose, who was with the Knicks uh for some time, had two final four appearances with the Fab Five. Uh Marcus Camby. One final four appearance with UMass, but I think that's pretty impressive because UMass has never really had much uh, relevance since then and not a big program. So, and Marcus Camby was a really dominant college player. So, uh, Mike Bibby had a title with Arizona and Larry Johnson, two final fours and one title with uh, the UNLV running Rebels. So, our, our cup runneth over here. Um, Gavin, so I'll throw it to you first. What would be your team if you're going to build a all Knicks best uh, NCAA team? Yeah, so I maybe maybe this is taking the exercise the wrong way. Like I I did it. Um, I, I guess I because it's 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 a two part question, right? All time NCAA tournament team, and then which five Knicks had the best March Madness run? So I took the second part of the question more seriously, where I'm not trying to build the best team here. I, I just picked the five best guys. Um, and, and I kind of put them in, in lineup order. So for me, it would be Kemba, Mello, Bill Bradley, Joakim Noah, and Patrick Ewing. 
One thing I forgot to mention with Bill Bradley, back in the day, they had a third place game, which is, is kind of wild, but he scored 58 points in that third place game. And I, I can't remember, maybe Bill Walton or, or Kareem, but I can't really remember anyone just having a scoring performance like that um, in a Final Four or Final Four adjacent game. Kemba's run is is all time. Melo, I mean, just as doing it as a freshman is is unique out of these guys. No other two titles and, and Ewing best combination of dominance and, and making it um, three times. So that would be, I, I think that team fits together pretty well. Maybe I would add in a little, maybe I'd replace Kemba with Rose just for the athleticism. But you know what, honestly, I kind of like that team. You got a lot of shooting and the rim protection between Noah and Ewing is, is, is crazy. So I'm, I'm kind of talking myself into it as we go. I am going to go with uh, a different team. I feel almost sacrilegious leaving Kemba off because Kemba was just so fun and was definitely like a big part of like he was doing his thing when I was in college, which was kind of cool, like yeah. watching him, uh, you know, do stuff that I could never in my wildest dreams imagine doing at the very same age. Um, but that said, maybe just for the sake of being different, I'm going to take almost a totally different team. Uh, I'll do Jalen Brunson. I'll give our guy, our current guy, some some uh, love here. Actually, two current guys because I'm also going to say Derrick Rose. Uh, so I'd say Brunson and Rose. I would I would envision them being sort of like a thunder and lightning kind of combo. Hmm. Uh, Brunson being you know like more finesse based, and Rose being more just like pure speed and dominant athleticism based. Uh, and I also feel like in college they would not get cooked on the the perimeter as much as I would maybe worry about in the pros. Uh, if those two, which is why we probably don't see them play together much as pros right now. Um, and then I, I have Mello as well. I, I don't know. I just think Mello's one of the best college basketball players ever just for that one season. Um, and then I'll, I'm going Larry Johnson uh, just cause I mean, he had, he had some really solid numbers for UNLV and I, think won a player of the year is the Naismith award the player of the year that's it right yeah that's a regular season player well okay. well okay wait but the the wooden award is is also for the player of the year but i think both guess are. what yeah, he won yeah both, both. both both are player of the year okay <laughs> guess what he go. won both of them one year double so, double player yeah. of the year huh. and i think it was the year that unlv went undefeated and then lost in the in the final um but he, he averaged to, uh, 20 bobby hurley of all people yes but he lost, or he had he had twenty three points, eleven boards, three assists, two steals, and a block that year, um, on sixty six percent shooting from the field, and actually thirty five percent from three in college. Wow. Solid, solid stuff. So he, he translates well to the modern game. And then of course you got to go with Patrick Ewing as the center, uh, the all timer, another one of just the absolute best college basketball players of all time. So that's my lineup: Brunson, Rose, Mello, LJ, and Ewing. Um, I don't know. Head to head. I feel like this would be a really entertaining game. I got to say, I set it I, up. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we ought to run this through, uh, get it, get an old copy of uh, like NCAA hoops 2011 or whatever the last mm. one they made was. And we could set this all up, but yeah. uh, pretty fun stuff. But anyway, we've got a, a couple other questions to get to before we wrap this up. Funny enough, uh, Derek Rose and Jalen Brunson's names will come up again in our next segment. When we talk about whether Derek Rose should be getting some more playing time from a mailbag question and also an interesting, uh, Quentin Grimes trade proposal in just a moment as well. But first I do just have to remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by built bar. And speaking of March madness, man, what an episode for March madness right now, the built March madness bracket is here. And we know you guys have a favorite Built Bar or Puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. And 
I, I'm not going to sway on this. I have a lot of favorite Bilt Bar flavors, but I'm going to be voting for Coconut Almonds, my absolute favorite all time. Tastes just like Almond Joy. I freaking love it. And I, I think you should vote for it too because it's really good. And if you want to support the the Knicks to win, well, wait, just, I don't totally understand what this ad copy wants me to say, but yeah, sure. A vote for <laughs> a vote for coconut almond is a vote for the Knicks. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built to have built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try built built is the best protein bar ever. Seriously. They're really amazing. And they're like somehow good for you, even though they taste like you're eating a, a candy bar. And that's because they are uh, low in sugar. They're covered in 100% real chocolate and super high in protein. Most bars have around 17 grams. So, Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. Yeah, Alex, and we are also uh, just past the midway point of the NBA season. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 as bonus was back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. Secure and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Um, Alex, I know you love a parlay, so um, I am going to throw one at you. I'm going to say um, Emmanuel quickly winning six man of the year and the New York Knicks getting out of the first round of the playoffs. I mean, if you're, if, if you're a true blue Knicks fan, uh, I think that's one you got to go with. Uh, plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Alex. And with that, we are... Back on Locked On Knicks, um, Connor Tulin uh, gave us a question on YouTube and, and let that be a, a, a message for all of you um, for future mailbags or, or just in general. If you ever want to ask us a question on YouTube, we will uh, usually make a post on YouTube, which is something you can do now, which is really cool, um, and, and leave room for you guys to comment there. So uh, just be on the lookout for that for future mailbags. And just in general, if you ever have a question for us, you want to see answered on the pod. But Connor Tulin wants to know, why doesn't Tibbs give D-Rose some run with Brunson out um I think that's an interesting question Alex because it's something that um particularly in that Clippers game like I I kind of was wondering myself and I think there have been moments where this team has been starved for creation um uh, maybe we got our answer though with what Deuce McBride did last night and if Tibbs has been seeing some of that just in shoot arounds and I'm sure this team isn't practicing very often but whatever they do practice um obviously what Deuce does defensively um Rose cannot come close to replicating this season um and offensively, um, Deuce is maybe evening the gap a little bit as his shooting continues to get better. But I, I don't know. I think Evan Fournier's been more so the name I've thrown out there. But I wouldn't mind like 10 minutes of Derrick Rose a game if, if Brunson's out for much longer, um, depending on the opponent and depending on how the team is doing offensively. But w- what did you think about that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really have too much issue with Rose not playing at the moment. Like of all the things that could uh possibly bother me with the rotations on this team or whatever that doesn't really strike me just because i think the thing is like rose earlier this year wasn't even really looking that 
efficient, you know, and like the creation, I just feel like isn't really there. Unfortunately, I think he sort of hit something similar to the same wall that, and I look, I'm not saying that he's been this bad, but similar to the athletic decline of what we saw with Kemba Walker last year, where it's like, I just don't know how well he can get by guys anymore. Like he used to, like even two years ago, you know what I mean? Or even like last year, it just seems like there's something not quite there anymore with his ability to like create the amount of separation that he was two years ago when he was so integral to the Knicks making the playoffs and, and, you know, finishing as the four seed. Um, so I, I guess that's my main answer. And, you know, if they needed just like, I, funny enough, I think that one of the main things that he could offer if they really needed, it was just like pure spot up shooting. And I almost think that in many ways, because he actually still kind of tries on defense at least like, and does a better job of not making like the kind of boneheaded plays that Fournier does sometimes. Or, like if push came to shove and they reached another situation where it was like, Oh, Evan Fournier might have to see minutes again. Then I might be like, okay, yeah, why not try Derek Rose instead of Evan Fournier? And let's see how that goes because Rose has been so good as a spot up shooter. Like he really, I mean, at times was a a total knockdown shooter, like uh, from three, uh, from spotting up the last few years. And that goes, that goes back to two years ago as well when he was doing that so well working off of Julius Randle. But um, I think the main thing, if, if I was going to especially, like look at this is the defensive concerns I think are just too much too it's it's so difficult now at this point with where he's at defensively to justify playing him over a Deuce McBride over a Quentin Grimes which is who would probably have to lose some minutes along with Deuce if this were to happen and especially over Emmanuel quickly who's honestly like taking a taking a real like kind of star turn right now so I think that's the main thing is like who would it take away from and if the answer is it would take away anything from quickly from Grimes or from Deuce, even if Grimes and Deuce are being somewhat inconsistent with their shot, Rose has been Rose like earlier this year was kind of inconsistent with his shot as well, which is what saw him fall out of the rotation. And so if he's not going to offer that on a consistent basis, then it's like, well, you may as well just have the guys out there that are going to be like all world defenders. And I, I think it's probably better to just leave Rose on the bench in that case. Yeah, I think I, I think it's I mean it's partially in terms of, of minutes, but partially just in terms of what role he's going to play when he's on the court. And we saw him and quickly kind of interchange being the primary ball handler. But at this point, I mean there, there's there's no question that quickly is I mean, and not even taking into account that quickly is, is light years better as a defender. I, I don't think there's any question that quickly's the better offensive player at this point. And if you have Derek Rose on the floor, I think just because of who he is and his resume, there's some pressure there to to put the ball in his hands. And I, I have no doubt that, and, and Alex, I mean, who, who knows what, I mean, uh, fingers crossed times a million, like this doesn't happen, but if there's some kind of injury in the playoffs, I mean, I, I think Tibbs knows that Rose can come in and isn't going to be afraid of the moment. Like can, to your point, like it wouldn't shock me. Like he could, he could come in like quickly could turn an ankle and Rose could come with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter of a playoff game and hit the game winning three, right? Like he, he's, he's still that guy to some extent where especially like you were talking about a spot up threes, like he's still, he's gotten so much better throughout his career at, at, kind of the self-created like pull-up threes particularly in transition like he, he is just deadly at that but the reason I might even advocate for Fournier over him is because you don't want to take the ball out of Quickly's hands you obviously never want to take the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands and Fournier is just kind of a pure spot-up shooter 
And I, I think when he did get a second chance this year, when the Knicks were just bombarded by injuries, I thought his defense was much better than it was the early earlier in the season, where it was just the I in, in my opinion, maybe since his rookie year, just just about the worst it has ever been in, in Fournier's career. But but man, Fournier, um, I can't remember. I think it was Josh Koji maybe who was talking about uh, Fournier just giving him the business when he was a rookie. Like I, I just I still think Fournier offensively is still in his prime for whatever reason. Got up to a terrible start this year, but but in a pinch in the playoffs or to end the regular season, he's someone who could give them good minutes. And I, I think you look back at a game like the Hornets. I, I think that game was very winnable. Um, if Tibbs had decided to play one of Fournier rows against a team like that, and maybe down the stretch of the season, um, I I would at least like to see um, them as deep reinforcements on some nights just to give a break to some of the starters who are playing crazy minutes. But uh, Alex, this, this question is probably purely hypothetical unless there's an injury. Because Tom Thibodeau uh, likes his likes his tight rotation, and, and overall, obviously, that was sort of the thing that turned around the the next season, right? When they when they went to a nine man rotation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to be seeing uh, Derrick Rose back in the rotation anytime soon. Again, you know, it, it, if there's anything that tells you how much Tibbs loves the guys that he's currently rolling with, and like by like inserting Deuce McBride back into the rotation, who had lost his spot to Josh Hart and all that stuff, uh, it's that he's sitting Derrick Rose to do so because the love affair between Derrick Rose and Tom Thibodeau is legendary, and uh, you know, so if if he's gone this long. And stuck to his guns at that, I, I don't see him really changing that anytime soon unless there was a drastic injury reason to do so. Mm. Um, we did have one other question we were going to potentially get to in this episode, but I think we're going to save that for the next uh, episode now for tomorrow. So little teaser, we had a a Quentin Grimes uh, <clears throat> trade uh, proposal for someone that could potentially add some, some shooting to the Knicks uh, in this coming off season. Plus in our next episode, we'll also talk about the Knicks offense and their defense. If they're uh, giving up too many threes, if they're ISOing too much, we had a, a question related to that and uh, a little more about Julius Randall and also how we would celebrate a Knicks championship uh, if they would win one. So that's coming on tomorrow's episode, but for today, I think we can uh, call it a day. So thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow to finish off these mailbag questions. Thanks and talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace.